love reading Psalms. And it's been awesome to hear the different speakers each week in the Psalms that's impacted their lives. And one of the reasons I love Psalms so much is because it's so real. Now, most of you probably know that Psalms is a book of just a book of different authors, but most of them are David, King David. And the reason I love it is because he makes me feel a little bit better about myself because um, I, I sometimes laugh when I, sometimes I just read from Psalm to Psalm and sometimes I just laugh out loud because one is David saying, oh, praise you God, I love you with everything. And then you flip to the next Psalm and it's God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? Where, where, what have you done? And that can be confusing, but personally, I love it because it's real life. And if King David, who God calls a man after his own heart, can have those, those doubts, then it makes me feel a little better when I do too. But the thing is, David and the other authors, they don't stay there. They don't stay in that fear, and they do, they trust God more than their doubts. And so we're going to go into Psalms today. And like I said, I was not actually originally planned to preach in this sermon series. But about a month and a half ago, the Holy Spirit led a specific psalm in my heart. And I knew that this, this series was coming up. And so here I am. God is growing me every day. And I am excited to be a part. But before we get started and start reading God's word, let's pray. So you bow your heads in this just ask God to be here today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for another beautiful Sunday and the opportunity to freely worship you. Thank you, Lord, for your word and the opportunity to speak today. And I pray that my words will only come from you and that you speak to every person here in this room and draw them closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of my sermon today is Trading Fear for Faith. Now, I don't know about you, but the presence of fear is overwhelming in the world today. And it's been overwhelming in my own life. Um, I actually was just talking to, with my family about this, that um, I would consider fear almost one of my family curses. Um, it's just kind of been in our life from generation to generation. And it's kind of haunted us. It's made us, it's affected our every decision, our big, small, in-between. It's dictated everything we did. And I would say it would even, it's stolen a lot of joy from just everyday activities. And fear is a liar and a thief. And today, we're going to get over that because we're going to read a psalm that speaks directly why fear does not belong in your life. It's one of my favorite passages because it's, a lot of times you read a psalm and there's like one verse you love. This psalm, it's every verse. I feel like I could do a whole sermon on every single verse. It's that powerful. Now, I've heard this psalm plenty of times, and I bet you guys have too. I probably, we probably learned it in children's church back in the day, but it wasn't until recently that I actually had a personal experience with this psalm. And it was a time where fear was starting to take control, but the Holy Spirit intervened, praise God, and he stopped me right there, and it's just what I needed to hear. So about a month and a half ago, if you couldn't tell, first of all, I am pregnant, and about a month and a half ago, we went in for a 20-week ultrasound, and 
uh, we, were, we should have been so excited. It had been several weeks since we heard the heartbeat, and we would finally get some pictures of the face. Hopefully, we'd find out our, the gender, our little tiebreaker baby. And I should have been excited. I should have been thrilled. It's baby number three. I should have been so excited. But as I sat in that waiting room, I was not excited. I was, I was scared. I was terrified, even. And some of, I think most of you probably know a little bit of our past, but with having our first child diagnosed with Down syndrome, with several health issues, heart issues and things like that, and then a year prior to this baby going through a miscarriage, baby appointments, ultrasounds, checkups, they weren't always a good thing for me. So I sat in that waiting room and the fear was just getting the best of me. And I was scared. But I also knew that you have to take your thoughts captive, and that's what I did right then. So I turned to the God's Word, which in the middle of the office was my handy-dandy Bible app on my phone, and the Holy Spirit led me directly to Psalm 91. Now, at that time, I, did, I, didn't, I couldn't recollect what it was about, but as soon as I started reading, each verse pierced my fears and spoke directly to my anxious heart. And the Holy Spirit knew it's exactly what I needed to hear that day. And I am confident that someone here needs to hear it as well. So go ahead and turn to Psalm 91. Like Pastor Vaughn said, they will not be on the screen this morning. So get your worship guides out or your Bibles and turn to Psalm 91. And I'm actually going to be reading out of the NIV translation this morning. So Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, I don't know about you, but just reading that passage just fills me with an overwhelming peace. It's just there's so many, all those verses are so good that there's no room for fear. In fact, I feel like I could walk off the stage right now because that, that psalm is just so powerful. But we're going to dig just a little deeper. Now, the interesting thing about this psalm, Psalm 91, is it actually does, we don't know who the author is. Most of the other psalms have an identified writer, and then we can kind of study, study and discover like the timeline of their life and the probable why behind 
the psalm written, but this one, we, we can't. Now, there's some educated guesses who the author may be, but we don't know. It still remains anonymous. But there's no doubt that this writer was experiencing life, that there were dangers and threats must have been haunting them, and it would have been easy to get sucked into that fear. That sounds pretty familiar, right? I don't have to tell you that we live in a crazy world. We don't have to have the TV, radio, social media on very long to be confronted by danger and just filled with fear. I mean, you turn on the news and what do you see? Mass shootings, terroristic threats, natural disasters, children abductions, the list can go on and on. And it is so easy to be filled with the fears and anxieties of the world. And that's on top of our own personal issues that we're experiencing. So listening to the news for only a minute can fill you with so much anxiety. And it can be easy to get sucked into. But I want you today to hold on to the promise that this psalm offers. And if you don't know, Psalm 91, it's actually often referred to as the soldier's psalm. And after reading it, you can understand why. And I did a little bit of studying, and I know back in the day, and perhaps today still, they would actually make wallet size pictures of this psalm, and the soldiers would carry it with them into war. And as you can see, when you read that, that would give the soldiers just that peace from the words that were, were written to go into the next battle, to face that next battle with confidence. Now, we're not maybe going through war, but all of us have our own personal battles that we're going through. Some of you may have just received some bad news from the doctor about you or a loved one, and you just don't know what to do with that news. Or perhaps you're in a financial battle where you have no idea how you're gonna get yourself out of the financial crisis you're in. Or maybe a relational battle that you are fighting with your spouse, your kid, your friend, your mom, and you, you're scared what is gonna happen in this relationship. Maybe your battle is just the future and you have no idea what path you're gonna take. We all face our battles, and it can be easy to feel overcome and overwhelmed by that fear that tries to control us and manipulate us. But today, I encourage you to trade your fears for faith. And I know that can be easy to say and not as easy to do, but I actually have two points that I'm going to bring today that I got from reading this psalm that that is personally helping me to let go of some of my fears. And the first point, if you have your notes, rest in God's presence. The first point in trading fear for faith is rest in God's presence. Now we're going to read verse 1 again. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Now this whole psalm, all of Psalm 91, is a psalm about protection. But this first verse starts off by stating who this promise is for. Now God desires this promise for everyone, but he promises this to those who dwell in him. So, so what does that mean? What does it mean to dwell in God? Well, if you look at the word dwell, that literally means to take permanent residence and to live with for good. So if you dwell somewhere, 
You're not going on vacation. You're not just visiting for a while. You're there. You live with them. This psalm is for those who dwell with God. Now, dwelling with God doesn't mean you invite them in when you want company. Or you say, oh, come on in after I've cleaned up my mess and everything's looking perfect and good. This is, when you dwell with someone, you live with them, they know you, the good, the bad, the ugly. If you share resonance with someone, a relationship must take place. Now, Vaughn and I have been married for almost eight years, which means I've lived with Vaughn for almost eight years. And there are a few things that I would not know about Vaughn if we did not live together. For example, I would not know that Vaughn is incapable of throwing his dirty socks into the laundry basket that are two feet away. <laughs> I also would not know that he seriously needs it like negative 20 degrees with a fan blowing right on him to fall asleep comfortably. And this last one's the best one. I would have never known how much beard hair it took to clog a bathroom sink. <laughs> but I do now. Now, those things are just silly, but it's true. I wouldn't know silly things about my husband if we did not dwell together. And that's the same with God. This Psalm's promises are for those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High. You have to have that relationship with him to receive those promises. It's personal, it's intimate. You have to know who he is. And then the verse states that when you dwell with the Lord, you will find rest in his shadow. So a few months after having Micah, so a couple years back, I wanted to get back into shape. And I've never been a runner, but I, running is a good way to get into shape, and it's a good way to get away from the kids for a while. So I was going to go start running. And I remember it was probably late spring, and I remember one specific day that it was just, it was extra hot, and the sun was beating down. And I was out of shape, not a runner anyway, but I decided to go on a run. And so I ran for about a mile and I was starting to loop back to way home. And I was getting so hot and I was about ready to collapse. I was just not feeling, feeling good. And I knew I needed to stop. But I turned down this one neighborhood street and I was like, thank you, because there's all these big trees full of shade and full of the trees shadows. And so I finally made it to the, the tree, and I sat down in the shadow of the tree in some stranger's front yard for longer than I'd like to admit, and I just rested. I drank my water, I caught my breath, I cooled down, and I just rested before I could continue my way home. That shadow of those big trees is exactly what I needed to protect me from the heat of the day in my tired and weary state. Life is hard, and sometimes it feels like life is beating down on us, that the heat of the world is shining down on us, thinking we can't go a step farther and that we cannot continue on. And sometimes we can't, not on our own anyways. We, we just can't do it. We need that protection. We need that rest. We need that shadow. But when we dwell with the Lord, he becomes the shadow we need. He fills us, he renews us, he gives us rest. How many of you today could use some rest? Yes, I would say all of us, right? This world is tiring, it's exhausting, there's constant troubles of challenges and threats of the day, and it just feels like you can't take it anymore. 
And you know what? It's okay. Find rest in God's shadow. Now I'm going to say something I want you to hear first. You have to be near something before you can be in its shadow. Think about it. Think about a shadow and how it works. You have to be near an object before you can be in its shadow. You must be close to God before you can be in his shadow. You must dwell with the Lord before you can find rest in his presence. And when you find rest in his presence, then you can begin to trade your fears for faith because he fills you with his peace. And a peace that overcomes any fear you encounter. And then this brings me to point two. So look in your notes. Along with finding rest in his presence, I discovered to truly trade over my fears for faith, I must then trust in his promises. So you gotta rest in his presence, and then you gotta trust in his promises. But before you can trust in his promises, you gotta know what the promises are, right? And this is where I believe it gets so powerful and so encouraging. So we're going to read verses 14 through 16 again. And if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to circle, underline, highlight, whatever you do, all of the verbs. Circle, highlight, underline the verbs. These are God's promises given to you. So get your pens out and let's read. And these are also in your notes. So, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Just in those three verses, God gives us eight promises to those who love him. And we're going to go over these promises, and I encourage you to take notes. So if you really want to trade your fears for faith, if fear is holding on to you, don't leave these notes sitting in the church. We pick up these, and sometimes we see them leave, laid here. Take them with you. If you truly want to give up your fears, take these and study them and believe them. So here are the eight promises God gives us in this psalm. God will rescue you. God will protect you. God will answer you. God will be with you. God will deliver you. God will honor you. God will satisfy you with long life. God will show you salvation. Now, I wish I could dive into every one of these promises a little deeper, but we don't have time for that today. But we are going to go through a couple of them to truly understand some of these promises that God gives us so that we can really start getting rid of our fear. The first one, God will rescue you. So we're going to read verses 2 and 3 again. This is, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. God is our refuge and our fortress. He is what we need to run to when he is in danger, when we are in danger. When I think of a fortress, I'm a girl, and I think of a fairy tale castle. You all know what I'm talking about, the big fairy tale castle. Castles are made to keep what's inside safe. So whatever is coming after you can't get to you. God will not let him get to you. He's your fortress. No matter 
what the doctor's diagnosis said, what your bank account says, he will save you. He will rescue you in your troubles. The next promise is God will protect you. And if you continue reading in verse 4, this is probably my favorite verse in the whole, the whole passage because of the picture I get in my head. And it says, verse 4, if he will cover you with his feathers, and under his wing you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. I'm a visual person, and when I read this, I immediately think of a mama goose and her babies. And if you know me at all, you probably know I don't like birds, especially geese. But I get this picture in my head, and it's just beautiful. And we, I did have a picture, but because of the media issues, we don't have it. But I want you to go home and Google baby goslings hiding under mama goose. And it just gives you this beautiful picture of these birds under their mom's wings being safe and protected either from storms or whatever. This image can actually bring me tears to my eyes because I don't know about you, but there have been so many times in this world that I feel vulnerable and unsafe. So many times where I need that shelter and I need that protection from the storms that are going on in my life. And this Psalm gives us that promise. If we love the Lord, he will protect you and he will cover you with his wings. If you feel threatened, go hide under the safety of God's wings. Now, that's not even it. The verse isn't even over yet. Now, different translations read different things, but in the NIV reads, his faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Now, we know what a shield is. You use shields and battles to keep you protected in an attack. How many of you have felt like you've been attacked in this world? God is your shield. He is your place. He protects you. He's your defense. But then it's a rampart. Now, I know it's in our national anthem. We should all know what it is, right? I really did not really know what it is. And once again, I'm a visual person, so what did I do? I Google imaged a rampart. And it's basically, think of a castle, but then it's the defensive wall in front of the castle. God is your defensive wall. What does that mean? It means God himself stands around you to defend you. No matter where you go, you have God, the Most High, standing before you as your defensive wall. Do you think your enemy can get through God? Do you think God's going to let your enemy get through you, through, through him? No. God will protect you. Trust God's promises. And if you ever doubt if God is qualified to protect you, just look at his character. You can even actually just look at some of his names. Protection is in his very nature. God will protect you. Your heavenly Father will shelter you and comfort you and give you the refuge that you need. Then God also promises to answer you when you call on him, to be with you in troubles, to deliver you, honor you, give you long life. Like I said, we're not going to go into every verse, but you can read just in Psalm 91 that he promises over and over to keep you from dangers and sicknesses of the world and to trample the lions and snakes that you face and send angels to protect you and watch over you. Now, you may not personally encounter lions, but I guarantee there's some people battling 
with battles and fears here that are, look scarier than a lion, that they would rather take on that lion than whatever the battle they're facing right now. We're all facing our own battles, but we need to give those fears to God, trust in his promises of protection, because he will be with you, and he will deliver you. Now, a couple weeks ago, we just passed the 4th of July, and most people love the 4th of July with the beautiful fireworks. I used to, and then I had kids. And some of you probably heard, but my son Micah does not like fireworks. He hates them. I would say it's more than a hate, he is terrified of fireworks. And one night, a few days before the 4th of July, about three houses down from us, our neighbor started to shoot off fireworks. I didn't think anything of it, we were inside the house. Immediately, Micah just got terrified and he started asking, what's that, what's that? Then the questions started turning into crying. The crying started turning into screaming. The screaming started turning into screeching and trembling and sweating. And this lasted for over an hour. He was so terrified of the sounds and the fireworks going on around him. And by after an hour, of course, his sister woke up who was sleeping. So Vaughn was taking care of her, trying to get her back asleep. And I was just trying to comfort Micah and distract him. I, I put on his favorite show. I tried to read him books, sing songs. I just held him and covered his ears and prayed over him. I even got so desperate that I called my parents and texted my mother-in-law, what do I do? Because he was just in such a state of fear. And finally, after over an hour, um, Aspen fell back asleep and Vaughn decided he would try to take over. And so Vaughn took Micah, and Micah was hesitant at first, but after only a few minutes, Micah sank down and fell asleep in his daddy's chest. He finally felt safe and protected in the arms of his father. And his fears began to diminish, and he found the peace that he needed to know that he was going to be okay. Now, 4th of July week continued. That was a few days before the 4th of July. So fireworks continued. Um, we, there was a loud parade with loud sirens. So Micah's fear did not go away, but he did discover that if he ran to his daddy, his daddy would hold him and provide him with safety and reassurance as Vaughn used his hands to cover his ears and hold him tight. Now at the time, I was just so frustrated with why does my son have this much anxiety? And trying to figure out how to, to help him. But now I see such a beautiful picture of Psalm 91. No matter what we face, whatever fear tries to hold us, God is there. He is our shelter and our refuge. He wants to rescue us and protect us and hold us when we're feeling anxious. Just like Micah finally felt secure in the arms of his daddy, we can run to God and find that same peace waiting for us, no matter what we're going through, no matter what anxiety we're facing. God is our Father that we can run to. Unfortunately, this psalm does not promise that this world be, will be free of all bad things and that we won't encounter anything scary or dangerous because sin entered this world. Bad things will still happen, but when you dwell with God, you can find supernatural rest and peace you need and trust the promise that he will protect you and rescue you. 
Before we close, we're going to look at the eighth promise in the message. Now, the first seven promises are great, but the eighth and final promise, it exceeds and validates each and every, each and every promise. For those who love him, he will show salvation. God promises those who love him salvation. He fulfilled this promise by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to live humbly on the earth as a man, perfect and blameless. And then he was sent to the cross for us sinners. He didn't deserve that, but he went on that cross for us because of the promise he made to us. And then when we personally accept that promise of salvation, the seven other promises he gives us then becomes eternal. Nothing can touch us. We are eternally rescued, eternally protected, eternally delivered. He will honor us with that long life because we'll spend it with him forever. When we accept Jesus as our savior and receive that promise of salvation, there's nothing, nothing that should fill us with any fear. I don't know about you, but I hate fear. And this world is great about creating it. It tells us no matter where we look, that fear is a must. But I'm here to tell you that fear is a liar. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your savior and you dwell in him, fear will not and cannot exist because you are his. When you dwell with the Lord, you'll find rest in his presence and you will trust in his promises. Today you need to relinquish your fears and trade them for faith in Jesus. Now before we close, I want to talk to you of those of you that know God, but you're, you may not be dwelling with God. Those of you that invite Jesus in as a guest every now and then, maybe even a good friend, but as soon as that visit's over, you walk him out the door. I think we can, we've all done that at some point of our lives, but today I wanna implore you to take that next step and ask Jesus to move in. Dwell with him, get to know him, even more every day and then you'll find that rest and that peace that you need and you'll start trusting those promises that there'll be no room for fear now there may be a few of you that have no idea what i'm talking about you certainly don't dwell with god but you want that rest you want those promises in your life and guess what you can have those I teach, I teach kids, and I tell the kids in Kids Rock that having a relationship with Jesus is easy as the ABCs. You have to A, admit that you're wrong, admit that you need forgiven, and ask Jesus to forgive you. After you ask and, and repent, you have to B, believe that he died on that cross in place of you. And then C, you commit a life spent with him that you choose to follow his ways. And it's just as easy as the ABCs. And if you do not have that relationship with Jesus and you wanna dwell with him today, just remember your ABCs. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for not being a God of fear but instead a God of freedom.
Lord, today I pray that you speak to every heart here. I pray in Jesus' name that right now fears are being let go and released forever and that they're being replaced with your peace. God, today I pray for those who have never made that decision to follow you, that today is the day. And I pray for humble hearts, that they know they can't do this crazy, scary, dangerous world on their own, and that they need you, and that they need your refuge. Father, I also pray for each person here who may know you, but are not dwelling with you. I pray for boldness to take that next step and get to know you more intimately today. Thank you, Lord, for your promises, and thank you, Lord, for your gift of salvation through Jesus. I pray each and every person walks out of here today forgiven, changed, and set free because we are no longer slaves. In Jesus' name.